You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. Okay, welcome to my podcast. So much to discuss, I'll try to be brief. I deleted my last podcast on the runoff elections, uh, wherein I um, took to task um, the voters in Georgia um, for prejudice because of the differentiation in the votes received for the black candidate, Warnock, versus the white Jewish candidate, Ossoff. And I just factually pointed out the reality that why that could be, why, why you'd have a, look, this was an election with two candidates only, and they're running for the Senate, and you need both to get, uh, you know, a 50-50 split in the Senate, therefore give the control to the Democrats. So who the hell would go in there and vo- or, or, or mail in a ballot voting for one but not the other? And it seemed pretty clear to me the people who would do that, uh, you know, and they're all they're all bad people. They're all dumb people. They're all mean, bad people. Uh, the people would be uh, misogynists who would vote for Warnock, maybe a Republican, let's say a Republican even, who would maybe vote for Warnock because they just couldn't vote for a woman, but then they split the ticket and went Republican because they figured. Will still hold the Senate if one of them wins, right? And so then they vote for Purdue on the other ticket because it's two men, two white men. So it could be misogyny, uh, just a, just a, just an unwillingness to vote for a woman. Uh, secondly, it could be uh, anti-Semitism because Ossoff is Jewish. So it could be people of on either ticket, Democrats or Republicans, but we're talking about the Democrats here. I mean, mainly. Okay, that, that, that example of misogyny would be, say, a Republican. There may be a Democrat, but I don't think so. I don't think a Democrat's going to be such a misogynist that they would vote for uh, Warnock because he's running against a woman, but then not vote for Ossoff, who's not running against a woman? So that doesn't make sense. It only makes sense. The misogyny argument only really makes sense for a Republican, maybe. Uh, but we're talking about the Democrats going into that booth or, or mailing in their ballot and not voting for, voting for both Democrats. Who's going to do that? So the other, two peop- the other two bad people that would do that would be, you know, anti-Semitic people who, who couldn't uh, vote for Ossoff because he's Jewish, so they would either, you know, vote for the Republican or not, just not vote for him and just only vote for Warnock because they can't bring themselves to vote for a Jewish person. And then the other would be black people who are more inclined to vote for a black person, but not anyone else who, who would go into that booth or mail in their ballot trying to support their own only. And when I suggested that online on Twitter, I got a lot of I got a lot of heat. You know, as it turns out, Ossoff won, and he won by enough of a margin that he doesn't need a recount. So it's a moot point. All of it's moot. That's why I deleted the podcast. But I stood by and would stand by every word in that podcast. I just don't feel the need uh, to take on people's wrath and to get into it with people over an issue that's moot. But I wanted to restate here that 
I very, very, very much resent black people who anytime you bring up a flaw in black people that is absolutely true about their race in some way, a flaw, okay? We all have them. They bring them up about white people all the time. We are forced to face the flaws of just being white by black people all the time, and we do. We accept our heritage. We accept the mistakes we make. We try to atone for them, you know? We admit that they are wrong. We do our best to see things from a black perspective, to not be racist. And then black people turn around and say, I want to see things from a black perspective. I'm black. My heritage is very important to me. I don't want to be colorblind. It's insulting that you pretend that anyone could be, but I also wouldn't want to be, don't want to be. I want to see things black only. I want to see from my heritage. And sure, you're the whites, but you guys take care of yourselves. We're the ones that need the help. And we're going to look out for ourselves. That's the way they are. That's the way they are in the sports arena. And that's the way they are. So, look, I'm not saying everybody. When you say they and you talk in those kind of absolutes, it sounds like a blanket statement. It's not a black blanket statement. But what I'm saying is there are truths about people. And, and they are real. And they exist. And no, they don't exist for each and every one. Nothing does. Nothing does. Not all short people are the same height, but they're short people. If, if you're below, let's say, five foot, you're short, but they're not all the same. Some are shorter than others, but they're still all short people. See what I mean? There are differences. There are variations, but that doesn't stop the fact that they're fucking short. So look, black people, some of them absolutely favor their own and won't do shit for anyone else. They did it for Obama versus Hillary, okay? The turnout was fantastic for Obama. Both times helped him win. And then when we needed their help for Hillary, they didn't come through. And they still to this day misstate the facts, very Trump-like, like they did. Now this time for Biden, they did. And certainly in, this, uh, in these runoffs, they did come through. But they didn't quite come through as much for Ossoff. And I don't care what the exit polls show. No one's going to admit that shit. What black person is going to walk out of a poll and, and answer a question and say, I only voted for the black guy? Who's going to say that? They're liars. They're going to not admit that. But it's human nature. And they tweet it anonymously. And when they're online, they all say it. And you see it as a very real racial prejudice reality that exists in a number of black people. And they, you know, there are just, <laughs> there are a lot of black people out there that only give a fuck about their own. Period. And they think white is shit. And they'll try to get along. They'll be nice. But then the truth comes out. Okay. And if you dare to even bring that reality up, you're racist. Did you know that? If you dare to point out anything wrong with a black person ever, you're racist. It's a bad culture. You're not allowed to criticize or note a flaw in a black person, even if it's not a racially related flaw. It's just a generic flaw. How dare you say X about me? You're a racist. I had this discussion with a black local sports personality on Twitter, and we were disagreeing about the Super Bowl in 2006 and the performance of Roethlisberger versus the performance of the defense. Now, in that year, Roethlisberger had a very bad year. The defense was number one in the NFL, and they were amazing. But in that Super Bowl, they gave up over 400 yards to the Arizona Cardinals, including blowing a lead in the fourth quarter. In a devastating fashion. And Ben Roethlisberger, who had had a pretty tough game to that point, got on that field and marched us down and threw that amazing touchdown pass to Santonio Holmes and won the game. 
But people, the, this dude was arguing that the defense was great in that game and they still won that game and he's anti-Ben. And it was clearly racially motivated for this guy. He's got all kinds of issues with race. He's been out of shape all the time. He posts about it. I stopped following him on Twitter because I don't want to see angry black man in my feed all the time. I just don't, you know? Doesn't mean I'm not sympathetic. It's just, it's not my thing. You know, I, I care about black people, want to help them out, but I'm not looking at angry black man in my feed all the time, you know? So on this particular issue, it was clear that he was arguing against Ben because he was supporting the mostly black defense over the white quarterback. It was ridiculous. And Ryan Clark, who I respect a lot, ex-Steeler, who's on ESPN, I like his viewpoints, but he was doing that, clearly. And I just like, dude, look, the Steelers' defense was amazing that year, no question about it. It was a phenomenal year, but a very disappointing Super Bowl for that, for that group. And yes, James Harrison had that amazing play where he returned the interception for a touchdown. But otherwise, you know, they gave up over 400 yards. And he was arguing, well, that Arizona team, you know, was just a juggernaut in the playoffs. They were a 9-7 football team, you know, with Kurt Warner at quarterback, who was well past his greatest show on turf days. And, um, the, 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 you know, the bottom line is the Steelers' defense underperformed in that game. And it, it just it, – it's not even about looking at the stats and trying to spin them. I remember the game. I watched it. I'm a, I'm a smart football fan. I, I'm old. I'm like about 20 years older than this black dude that I was 22 years older than this guy. Uh, he went to law school but never became a lawyer. I went to law school and have been a lawyer. But anyway, the point is we both are, you know, lawyers technically, I guess. I don't know if he passed the bar or not, frankly. But I just had to block the guy in the end. Not only did I stop following him, I blocked him because he was just obnoxious. Obnoxious about it. And what? And then <clears throat> I said something to the effect of, uh, I don't know. I, 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 he, he bashed me, and I made some comment about him, and he just called me racist. And I was like, "What?" And and the bottom line is, he's the racist, and he was making these racist arguments. But I never brought the damn thing up in that context. I never mentioned it. But the first chance he had to take a shot at me, he made it a racial shot. And called me a racist. It's ridiculous. So, look, this is the world we live in now. You know, I, gotta, I see them online. A bunch of women bend over backwards for, for the black people all the time. And liberals are supposed to do it. And if you don't do it, you're racist. You have to be the same way with homosexuals. Same way with trans people. You have to constantly walk on eggshells. And every issue that comes up involving one of those characteristics of people, whatever you want to call me. You're not even allowed to say that. Like I just said, one of those characteristics of people, that's somehow going to be construed. I mean, I, I agree with Bill Maher on this, on this politically correct bullshit. I mean, it's just, it's gone way too far. And there are luckily a number of smarter liberals who agree on this, but, and I don't like Bill Maher anymore at all, but I'm just saying on that particular issue, on the issue of, you know, my God, everybody gets so hurt so quickly. You can't say anything. But anyway, bottom line is, Yes, black people vote for blacks and not whites. Yes, they, 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 you know, show up and support their own and intentionally don't support the other guy. And yes, there are black people that were probably anti-Semitic. Yeah, there are also white people that are anti-Semitic. Ossoff's vote count shouldn't be lower than Warnock's. They can be within a few, but they were thousands lower. It's just there's, some, there's something going on there. It's a two-candidate ticket. You need them both to make any fucking difference. Unless you're a racist. Unless you're anti-Semitic or something like that. 
And my point is Democrats are like that. Anyway, look, I just made a whole new podcast on the same damn subject trying to explain what that subject was, but I deleted it. So there I go and do it again. Oops. Okay, now quickly, too late to be quick, on the new subject, which is this, this, this coup attempt by the crazy, moronic, right-wing patriots. Oh, my God. My major problem here, and it's a big one, is if you look at the videos and you, you listen to those people as they went through their destruction of the Capitol and their illegal behavior and their... Also, it's not just that they were violating property and trespassing and being violent towards property. They had people with, with restraint devices. They were putting up nooses. They were looking for vice... They were talking about killing Pence, hanging Pence. They were looking for Pelosi and looking for Schumer. They were looking for people, and they were going to hurt people, some of them, no question. Some of them had guns. This one guy who made a video says, I have a knife, I have a knife. They had weapons, okay? And... um when they marched down there, they were going to break in and take over the capital. That's what their goal was, to claim it. If you know anything about foreign countries, this is how it's done. They take over a, uh, a place where, uh, say, um, uh, luminaries or, or – or, or, uh, um, oh, shoot, I'm blanking on the word for it. But people that represent a country, you know, over, they're, they're in another country like where Benghazi took place. They're, they're ambassadors, whatever, okay? And they break in and they take hostages and they hold, but, but if you do it in your own country, this is how you take over your own country. This is how a coup works. You hold the property, you hold the building, and then uh, the military comes in and they have to choose sides. That's how it's done. You, how you throw out an election you make it about violence and you and you intentionally take a political property uh, with hostages and people and you hold it and there's so many of you that the only way to get you to fuck out of there is to call in the military and the military then has to say are we going to kill these people our own citizens or are we going to back them that's how you do it that's what was going on, friends. That's why he got Trump got rid of people, you know, uh, in the Defense Department, in the Pentagon, and so forth. That's why he plugged in lackeys who had, you know, or just yes men, and got rid of people because he was getting ready for his final stand, and he still might be okay. And if you watch the video of these people, they all really believed they were doing nothing wrong, and that's the most striking thing out of this. Because the president, imagine how this is. You know, if you know the president's got my back, we got his back, we love each other. Well, of course he doesn't love them at all. He doesn't give a fuck about them at all. He's using them, but they're morons. Look, they're, they're very dumb people. We've got a lot of dumb people in the United States, many, many dumb people, and they're very angry and they don't shave well. I've noticed that as well. And they, uh, they don't speak proper English. A lot of them have military backgrounds. A lot of them are small-minded in terms of uh, how a government works. They don't really understand it, and they don't care. And um, they didn't think they were doing anything wrong. They said, "This is our." They said, "You can't do this." They're lecturing cops, swearing at them, and getting away with it. So the two striking, most striking things to me were 
These people thought they were doing that, that their unlawful behavior wasn't unlawful because the president told them it wasn't, was saying it wasn't. He was telling them they were in the clear, they were okay. So that gave them this sense of privilege as they committed these crimes. On top of that, that fact, you had the police acting really as chaperones to their tour, their violent, destructive tour of the museum known as the Capitol. Um, they were tour guides and chaperones. That's all they were. Now, there were some fights and skirmishes. The one officer died. Uh, other officers were injured. But the reason they were injured and the reason uh, that it worked out poorly for the police and better, much better for the citizens, none of whom were injured as far as I know, except the woman that was shot, the three other people were crushed to death. The one girl was crushed to death by the crowd themselves, by these people. Um, the one girl was shot. I saw the video. She was trying to break into the area where they are, where the senators and house people were, to the chambers, in the hallway. They're back there. That was the final stand. And they had stacked up chairs, and they were bashing the windows and breaking down the doors. And this bitch woman, psychopath, if you've ever seen her talk, who's no longer with us, thank God, tried to climb in the window, and the, and the guy was there with a the gun pointing it, pointing it. These were Secret Service guys. They're not fucking around. That's who was inside there. These are people, you know, who know how to handle this shit. The cops, all the cops on the outside, the D.C. and the, and the Capitol Police, they were all complicit. You could just see in the video. They're standing outside with them, letting them break in. They're standing there with them. As they're bashing the windows and breaking down the doors, they're standing there with them. In fact, the one cop holds up a gun and starts pointing it on the other side of the door where the Secret Service agent fired the shot. He's, he's a cop and he's going to shoot a Secret Service agent. That's how much of an inside job it was. No question. They were told to be hands-off, laissez-faire with Trump's people. Let them come in. Let them hold the house. They, were, they, they just were just hoping it didn't get out of hand. Some of them got into it. But it's probably more so because they had a skirmish. They didn't like it. They got hit. They, they got violent back. It wasn't... You know, otherwise, they were pretty much were just letting them do whatever they wanted, and then they kind of let them leave when they wanted, and it was sad. It was sad, and so, of course, these people think they're in the right. I mean, first, they're told that the election was stolen, and they believe all these crazy lies, and their crazy leader plays on that because he's one of them. He's one of those crazy conspiracy theorists. He always has been, and he creates them himself as well. But then, so they think they're in the right for that reason. They also think they're in the right because the president is fine with it. And then the cops are told to back off. So they're, they're in there thinking that they're fine. They couldn't understand them when they started using tear gas and rubber bullets and anything. They were just like, what's going on here? When, they, when the woman was shot, they were like, what? 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 You're killing people. You're kill it's like, you're breaking the law. You're breaking into an area you're not in, allowed to be. And there's a lot of evidence like you're not allowed to be there, like stacked up chairs of people with guns on the other side. And you see it and you don't give a fuck. I mean, it's ridiculous. You break into an area where you, and you know you shouldn't be there, and you know these are heavy hitters. These are big time, big politicians, and you're trying to break in and get them, and you got nooses and mace and Molotov cocktails and guns and knives. I mean, come on. It's a joke. So here we have a president that clearly uh, incited all of this, clearly, I mean, for, for weeks. Um, stood out there that day, gave a speech about it, said Rudy, Rudy Giuliani and others and Don Jr. They go down there and commit a heinous crime. 
just a shocking, if you've seen the videos, it's way worse than it looked on TV. TV, you have those outside cameras and it just looks like well, people are standing around climbing a little bit. When you get those internal shots, there's just chaos and violence, people banging on doors and breaking things. And this was not just vandalism. This was evil. It was because this is this is your government. This is your nation. You lost an election and you think you can just go in and and they're going after people and they knew they were there and they knew why they were there. Counting the votes of the election. Everything about this is awful and disgusting. And yet, Lindsey Graham gets on Twitter today, two days after this happened, and announces that if Pelosi and the House try to impeach Trump, it'll never happen, the Senate won't allow it, and it'll start the whole new administration off on the wrong foot, and we need to start the healing. But right as he's tweeting that, our good old friend Donnie you know, gets his Twitter back after he did the video last night with that. He decides to get back on there. What's his first tweet? My people, their greatest thing ever, 75 million people, no one will ever stop us, so we will never be silenced. It's a terroristic threat. That's what it is. Jack doesn't shut it down. Nobody shuts it down because all he's doing, right, is sucking the dicks of his followers. What's wrong with that? These are people that just went... And did a despicable, horrible, heinous act where a police officer died and four other people, all of luckily his supporters, died as well. There's death, there's bloodshed in a place they shouldn't have even been. They did it at his behest. They were allowed to do it by the police. And he comes out after saying, let's have peace. And says they will not be silenced. They will never be told what to do. In other words, or you'll get more of this. You hear? If you fuck with us, this is what we'll do. And, and worse. Do you got it? That's what he's saying. It's a terroristic threat. Period. I don't care that they voted for him. They're a disgrace now. That means if it's 75 million, and it isn't, folks. It isn't. A lot of his voters we're very unhappy with what happened. A lot of the Republicans in the Senate changed their votes because of it. You know, a lot of sane, normal people still exist, even in the 75 million, believe it or not, who voted for him. They didn't like what they saw. For him to come out after that happened and make that statement, it's disgusting. And then he comes out and he tweets that he's not going to go to the inauguration. And he's tweeting that almost at the second that Lindsey Graham's tweeting that it's up to the Democrats to make peace and to heal. And if they try to seek to throw Trump out in the last two weeks, that's just going to start a war. And as he's saying that, putting the onus on the Democrats, Trump's saying, I'm not going to the inauguration. After he just sent his people into the Capitol with violent intent who committed acts of violence and people died. I mean, what in the fuck is going on here? This guy needs to be in shackles. Enough is enough. And yet you have a senator tweeting defense of him and acting like they've got to have hands off. No touching Trump the last two weeks or it'll fuck up Biden's Tenure. Well, first of all, asshole, 
what you can. And you're not going to vote for anything we want anyway. If we got to get 60 votes and we have 50 now plus the vice president to break ties, we weren't counting on anything from you anyway. So, you know what? Go fuck yourself. You know, to be to be to put it bluntly, go motherfucking fuck yourself. Lindsey Graham. This fucking guy, this fucking guy here, this Lindsey Graham guy. Come on. Bottom line is this. I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm saddened. I'm disgusted that there would be any supposedly reasonable government employee, you know, senator who would defend Trump, who would not agree, at least abstain. If you don't want to don't defend, don't say don't impeach him. Just say nothing. If you, if you feel, if there's something in your gut where you can't impeach this guy because he has a fucking R on his sweater, if you feel that somehow, or you don't want to piss off his voters, fuck them. They're the people that just killed, they wanted to kill you. They would have hung you. Lindsey Graham would have been fucked up the ass with a bayonet as quickly as anybody. And he said, isn't this the guy that's supposed to be a fairy? These people hate homosexuals. They're wearing shirts saying not enough Jews died in the Holocaust. Hitler hated homosexuals, Jews, blacks. Lindsey Graham, they'd have fucking cut his scrotum off and made him eat it. And he's defending them. He's defending Trump and these scumbags. And he'd say, oh, I'll never defend them. Well, then who are you afraid of? Impeach the guy. I don't want to turn off. Do you really think anybody worth a goddamn is going to be turned off or not vote for you because you impeach a president who incited a violent overthrow of his own government? Anybody who's behind that, all of them need strung up. You want to know what the nooses should be for. It's every last one of these motherfuckers. But we're supposed to be laissez-faire, hands off, because we want to get along with the Republicans. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? People are dead the world is watching. Do you remember that movie? It just came out about a week ago. No, maybe a month and a half ago. Was it the beginning of November, beginning of December? Trial of Chicago 7. The whole world is watching. The whole world is watching. Well, they were all watching on Wednesday of this week, January 6th, as Trump's thugs went down to the Capitol and wreaked mayhem and terror on, on really on the world, that's an act of terror on the world because it, it makes everybody shook, feel unstable. When you see that, you feel unsafe and unstable. The f- and and when you when you see that <laughs> their clothing and their beards and their weird garb and the fact they considered themselves patriots and that this was their revolution, it's terrifying that these fuckers were really willing to take up violence for the sake of Donald Trump. And his lies. It shows how stupid they are. How vulnerable they are. How dangerous they are. Because they are willing to believe anything and defend it with their lives. Kind of reminds you of terrorists in the Middle East. Kind of reminds you of what the definition of the, the good terrorists are. You know, that they, they, they go into places with bombs strapped to themselves. And give up their life for Allah. 
that's the way these crazy people were talking. But, you know, they're selfish Americans. They cried like little babies when they got a little smoke in their eyes. They, they, these people are not. They're very entitled. These people are not willing to blow themselves up with bombs. Not in the least. They don't even want to break a fingernail, to be honest. Um, but they're violent. You know, they'll break their fist pounding your face. They'll fire weapons. They'll blow out bombs. They're Timothy McVeigh. Radical, stupid, moronic, violent, evil thugs. And there are a lot of them that support Donald Trump. And now we got some people in, in our own fucking Senate and in our Congress that are going to go on Custard's last stand, Custard's last stand for this fucking guy? Really? Who cares what his supporters think? Who cares if it makes them angry? They need to learn. They need to learn the lesson of the law. Every last one of them needs rounded up and put away, and I mean 10 years. That's not some fucking game show. You don't get any leniency. I don't care. If you were part of that mob, you go to jail for a long time. You're served up as an example. President Trump signed an executive order just last year saying anybody who desecrates federal property gets a 10-year sentence. Did you know that? He just signed that. Why did he do it? Mainly to get the flag burners, get those people that burn a flag or take down a statue. Those people taking down those Confederate statues. That's federal property. That's why he signed it. Well, guess what? What's good for the goose is good for the gander, you motherfucker. And your thugs went in there, and that's federal property, and every single bit of damage they did, and guess what? They were walking on it illegally. They did. That's unlawful entry, period. Not one of them went through the scanner. You don't get to just walk into the Capitol without going through a metal detector, and you certainly don't get to bring weapons in there. And you certainly don't get to go in there and say, please show me the way to Mr. Schumer because I, I, he has a date with a noose. And there's a dead cop and four of their own dead. And if you watch the shooting of the woman, it's because they didn't want to stop from breaking into an area where people were. And it's because they were possessed by the evil inside them and the anger and the hatred and the wrath and the stupidity that it takes to believe they were going to achieve anything. Which, of course, they didn't. They achieved nothing other than terrorism. And uh, as George Bush is famous for saying, we do not, uh, you know, the, the senior, George Bush senior, we do not negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> and his son carried that on. We do not negotiate with terrorists. Well, apparently, Lindsey Graham thinks we do. Not only do we negotiate with them, we allow them to remain president after they have attempted a violent overthrow of our government. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Anybody not agreeing that he needs thrown out yesterday has lost their mind, lost their moral compass. They don't even know what's going on. I don't know what to say for any of them. It's very, very sad. It makes me very, very sad. But then I think of the black people flipping out just because you suggest that there are some black people that only vote black. They don't even realize the reality of their own race and people in general. They don't accept the reality of people. It makes you wonder. It makes you wonder, you know. They're willing to call Trump out. They're willing to call the police out, you know, how they mistreat them, how this and that. But they won't call their own out, you know. And I'm just someone who will call anyone out. That's all. I'll call myself out. 
and I'll call everyone else out. I'm just into, I'm, I'm honestly into seeing the truth, calling out the truth, and um, doing better, trying to do better. So that's what I would like to ask. Not that we all just get along, not that we have peace. No, we right now, we being um, the majority of the American people who put our president in and our Senate in, the majority, I don't care what party they're from, I'm going to call us the majority of the American people who now run this country through our government that we elected, duly elected. We have an obligation to punish these insurrectionists. We have an obligation to punish Donald Trump and many members of his cabinet. And we have an obligation to punish senators like Ted Cruz and... um, Oh, fuck, why am I forgetting his name? Howley. Howley? Howley? Why am I blanking on his first name? Andy, John, Allen, Albert, whatever. <laughs> the guy from Missouri, the young thug punk, well-educated thug punk from Missouri. Uh, and Lindsey Graham. He he just gets on my nerves. Lindsey Graham needs taken down. Um, we, we, but more, you know, we got to punish every single fucking scumbag that went into that Capitol building with that... Um, March and thought that that was okay to do that. Uh, we've got to teach them that it wasn't. And um, we shouldn't be afraid of them. We have to be courageous here because the only way we're going to uh, maintain our democracy is not just to get by uh, and survive and just whew, wipe the sweat off our brows. We got past that one because they're just going to come back for more. You know, No, you got to defeat them. And the way you defeat them is you put them in shackles, you put them in jail, you teach them. You teach them through punishment. You don't let them get away with it. You teach them the hard way about how the law works and how America works and that we are a nation of laws. And if we are not a nation of laws, then we're not a nation of anything. The very thing that distinguishes America from every other nation in the country is that we are, we do abide by our laws. We have courts that enforce them and thank God they held during the Trump years. But unfortunately, we have our own lawmakers now that are breaking the laws, that are encouraging the protection of those who break the laws. And we have members of our executive branch breaking the law and pardoning people who have broken the law. So it's a sad time in American politics, but also just in America in general. And um, the way to better ourselves is not to just heal and hug and kiss and send flowers and chocolates. The way to, you know, heal is to um, show that there are repercussions, that actions have consequences. There must be punishment. If you remember the end of the movie Wall Street, Charlie Sheen is being dropped off at the courthouse by his father, in real life and in the movie, Martin Sheen. And, uh, you know, Martin Charlie Sheen did the right thing, turned in Gordon Gecko, wore a wire. But he's still going to go in there and he's going to get sentenced and he's going to do jail time. And his father doesn't feel bad for him. You know, his father said, it'll be good for you. You got to learn. You know, even though he, he, he straightened up uh, at the end there, and, you know, as they call it, turn state evidence against Gordon Gecko and put Michael Douglas away, he's going to have to do some time still himself because he was breaking the law. 
And Martin Sheen, his own loving father, tells him that and leaves him there at the courthouse and drives away. And then the wonderful song, I believe the wonderful song, eventually starts to play after the credits go up and some weird music plays. Then they go into the uh, Talking Heads song, Naive Melody, This Must Be The Place, a great song. And uh, it appears earlier in the movie during like a wallpaper apartment makeover scene with Daryl Hannah and Charlie Sheen. But it also comes in at the end there too, over the ending credits. Um, and Charlie goes into the courthouse. And um, that's what we need to do. We need, we need to teach these people, many of whom are young, uh, teach them how lucky they are that they weren't killed yesterday. Teach them how lucky they are that they were white yesterday. Because otherwise they would be dead or arrested and have broken bones and be otherwise uh, not in a very good physical state today uh, after Wednesday. Had they been any color than white, had they not been so clothed in the American flag, they all were like wrapped in American flags. It's, it's mentally ill. Uh, these people need to learn. They need to learn about what it really means to be a patriot, which means you fucking obey the laws. You know, what it means to be a patriot nowadays is that you, you do a peaceful resistance and, you know, nonviolent protest. And, and you bring your, pro, your, 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 your uh, conflicts before the courts and you institute, you know, and they don't believe in the system. And they throw it all away because of lies and craziness. And that's okay. We'll just let people just say, I don't believe it. Insurrection. And if we let that go on and everything, you can flush it all down the toilet tomorrow. So we've got to punish these people. They have to learn there are consequences for their actions and that the laws are meant to be enforced. And when you break them, you will pay. It ain't going to turn out well for you. There's no revolution in America. There's no revolution in modern day America. We're way too complex for that. We're way too advanced for that. And, we're, and we've got our shit together. We don't need a revolution. There are ways to affect change beyond violence because we're a good culture who's smart enough to know the difference. But these people aren't. They're not smart enough to understand that violence isn't the answer in the current culture that we live in in America. They think it is because they don't know anything else because they're morons. They're morons. And morons got to get what's coming to them. They got to learn the hard way. Because they're not going to learn by teaching them and talking to them. They won't listen. They're too stupid to listen. They are. So you just have to teach them by punishing them and make them afraid. You have to fill them with fear, fear of consequences. Then they'll obey the laws again and they'll try harder to, to appeal to the system that exists, the lawful system. That's our only hope to hold this country together. We got to get these morons in our country who voted for Trump to understand that A, they were lied to and B, they got to toe the line and do things according to the rules and try the right way. And uh, if they can't get it done that way, then they need to just shut up, sit down, and put your head down and realize that uh, you're not going to have what you want in life then. Too bad. Either you, you know, learn and you operate within the legal system or you shut the fuck up. You don't pick up a weapon. No. Those are not the options. The options are learn and operate within the legal system or take it up the ass and shut the fuck up. If you're too stupid or lazy to understand how to operate within our legal system, then you get whatever you get and you just like it, baby. You don't fucking pick up a weapon and say, I'm going to take one. You're not, this is what the mobsters do. That's why we have a mafia. You know, they can't be bothered 
to live within the parameters of the law and do what's right to earn money. So they just steal it and they find illegal ways to make it. They think that's cool. And then they die young and spend the rest of their lives in jail because they're too stupid to look down the road and realize no matter how high you're flying as a mobster, it's going to end ugly. And that's what the movie The Irishman was all about. It really was a morality tale showing how, you know, he lived till he was old age, but it was very lonely because he saw none of these other people did. The hitman lived till the end of time, but he didn't like it. And it was very sad. And he, he had to face his guilt. He had to face his years of, you know, murder and ugly behavior that he carried out. While all these other people that he, that he was going through his career with, they were all dead. They were all killed or, or imprisoned and died in prison. That was the message. It's like sometimes you're better off dying young when, when you live old and you got to face the truth about what you did. And none of these guys did live long. Many of them didn't. Because you can't, you can't, you're not going to live long if you're living a, a crooked life. And these Trumpers, they're all going to fucking flame out if they don't, you know, get their shit together and start obeying the law and, and living according to the rules of the political system and believing in them and trying harder to do better. You know, if you want to win an election, run a better candidate next time. Run a better candidate. Try, try to support a candidate who doesn't lie to you. Try to support a candidate who's not full of shit, who's not a pig, who's not a racist, who's not full of hate. Try to support a candidate that's a decent person. Maybe you'll win the next election. Maybe you will. Until then, put them all in jail. I love you. Yabba da boop